this is Sandy. And Randy. And we're here on AT Corner. Being an athletic trainer comes with ups and downs, and we're here to showcase it all. Join us as we share our world in sports medicine. Welcome back to another episode of AT Corner. For this education episode, we have a very exciting interview with my guy, Jesse. You want to tell us about your guy? Yes. So Jesse Williams is an Afro-Latino athletic trainer located in Los Angeles, California. He received his bachelor's in athletic training from, you guessed it and you know it, Cal State Fullerton. Fun fact, he was in my class. And received his master's degree in kinesiology from the University of Hawaii at Manoa. During his time as a certified athletic trainer, he has worked at Damien Memorial High School in Hawaii and Army O and Army ROTC at UH as a grad assistant. He's also worked at Woodward at the Pennsylvania and West Coast locations as a student, certified athletic trainer, and health and wellness supervisor. Currently, he is the uh, full-time athletic trainer at Cal State Long Beach with cross-country track and field. I know that life for sure. He is also a part-time instructor at Cerritos College located in California. All right, are you ready to hear from Jesse? Always. Let's do this. All right, so as always, you know, we got to start with the cryobreakers. Dr. Sang would be very proud that we named it cryobreakers. So our first one for you, Jesse, is what made you become an athletic trainer? Um, so what, what, what it was was my love for sports and anatomy. Um, as a quick answer for sports, like I grew up playing sports. Um, I still, you know, do my best to stay active myself. Um, so I enjoy being a part of it, watching it, viewing it, and then having that those thoughts in my mind about like mechanisms and like how that re- relates to you know the actual insertion origin. So that has obviously have evolved into something more foundational with the education that we um, have experienced. But yeah. Nice. That's what uh, what every athletic training student does when they're watching sports now mm-hmm. is immediately think of, oh, the mechanism and like, oh, what's going on here? Rewind it like five times. <laughs> I actually just today had an athlete who um, who got hurt during our football game over the weekend and he had a video of it. I was like, please send that to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Happened all the time with me as well. <laughs> Wherever I was at, I'm like, we. I know you filmed that. Bring it on over. <laughs> I need to see it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's funny is I had, uh, I think one of the the most hilarious videos that I've seen of an athlete, like, you know, their mechanism of injury didn't even actually happen within the sport. She was playing in the backyard with her dog. She was running and fell directly on her knee. PCL tear. (gasps) Yeah. I actually got to see the video. So when I saw, I was like, oh yeah, that that PCL is gone. Dude. Yeah, hey, that, wow. that comes perfect after our after our knee story episode. See, it Seriously? reminded me of Seriously? a knee story. Um. Anyway, speaking of athletic training, so Jesse, now that you are an athletic trainer, and you're not just sitting there wondering about mechanisms <laughs> of injury, um, what is your athletic training spirit animal? And this is for our new listeners: a modality, rehab tool, tape, braces, mm-hmm. etc. Any tool of the trade that represents you as a clinician. Okay. Um. 
Uh, I'm going goni. I'm going goniometer. Um, Are you si- really? I'm, I'm going small. Like they're you know different sizes, small, large, so compact, equipable in the in the clinic. Um, more of a quantitative guy. So if I need a quick numerical uh, value uh, data, then I can you know do that per patient or something like that, and then you know provide the patient some actual some actual data for them to track, look at, look, this is when you came in for that first. And like, I just really attract to that. So look where you're at now. So, yeah. That's a really good one. We have not gotten that before. Honestly, I probably never would have thought that we wouldn't have got, that we would have gotten that one. That's so <laughs> wow. unique. That's really good. How yeah. long did that take you to come up with that? Um, it, you know, it's been something that I've been thinking about uh, because I don't know. I just, I, I, I attracted to it because like I'm such a numbers guy. Um, I have a lot of thoughts going on. Um, I have like certain OCD quirks about things. I, you know, like things that trend with like the same numbers on my birthday. Um, so I just like, I'm always thinking about number, number combinations, my old like address when I was, um, a, a child, like in elementary school. So I'm like, Oh, Oh, like connections and then stuff like that. And then, you know, um, talking with Randy, when we were going through school, like, you know, what is the emphasis on certain data um, with the research? Like, is it qualitative, quantitative? Like, what direction do you need based on the foundation of the research? So I always attracted more to the quantitative uh, data and research. So, yeah. You know, what's funny about those numbers, like you're saying, like the relationship between numbers and similarities and uh, coincidences. That sounds like someone I know. Who's all about that? It does. All right. So let's let's kick off this episode with a story, experience, or a case study about how the topic of diversity has impacted you within the profession of athletic training. So yeah, as a a young Afro-Latino in the profession of athletic training, there was like a good year and a half where... I was just enjoying who I was meeting, like, you know, like, oh, nice to meet you. Like, how did you get to where you're at? Or, you know, meeting a student and like, oh, like, are you like, where are you at in your school? Like how, you know, being at community college or is this something that you like grew out of high school, stuff like that. And it never came to me that like, I don't see anyone that looks like me. So this story is like twofold based on two interactions. It's when I first met Wilda Jarrett. And when I met Davion White, um, like the first female athletic trainer that I met, like within the LA area, and then Davion being like the first male. So I was just like, wow, like, I never forget those moments, because I found a sense of connection, even though I spoke to them very, like, very little. It was like a quick interaction, like, glanced the face, but like, never forgot it. And like, every time I see Wilda, like, this all those rush it like the memories and like they rush towards me and stuff like that so uh it's just a good feeling with that and like that's what sparked it was because like okay i, I had those experiences for myself but like okay i know now that like i'm not the only one having that or or excuse me i know that other people are having that feeling like oh my god there is someone out there that like looked like me or i can have more of a uh, uh, a cultural connection to uh, and then it, it, it not be just about athletic training. So uh, with that, like it just meant 
meant a lot. And, and that's what I strive to as I've, you know, gone through my career is, can I be that person for another younger student or um, someone I'm mentoring in uh, the athletic training program as their preceptor and stuff like that. So, so yeah. Is that what also helped really fuel that passion to want to start going on to committees like the Ethnic Diversity Advisory Committee and like different task force like that? Is that what really kind of helped motivate you to get, to get onto those? Yeah, uh, you know, like with, with us being admitted to Cal State Fullerton, lovely group and all, but it's just like when I look at us, I would just like, how come there's not more of people who look like me? Like, how can I put myself out there? Um, to make my experience through athletic training more relevant to my personal life. Uh, and that was like something I kept striving for. And then like, it was such a sense of relief when I got to my first NATA conference, I was like, there they are. Um, <laughs> so uh, uh, I think there's just more of a, um, a presence in certain districts. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think not only in the profession of athletic training, but also our profession is such a people profession mm -hmm. and not just in the clinicians, but who we work with. And so I think it's so important for our patients and our athletes to feel like they are able to connect with their clinician or whoever's going to take care of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. When it comes down to the patient too, it's not about just like who you're networking with or you know, if you're seeking a mentor, like, what are you looking for in a mentor? Things like that. It's just, it's about the, the, you know, the individuals we're serving and, and providing care to, um, and how that sense of relief and that connection is created, even just based on a, even just based on an interaction, not even like without even work, you know, like just visually just knowing and not having a conversation. That's why I just look back, like, I barely talked to Wilda that first time, but I will never forget like that inner, like that moment. So yeah, that's what it means a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And I like how you brought that up for like with your patients and stuff. Cause we always talk about like objective stuff, mm -hmm. you know, like you're, like you're saying with your spirit animal. Um, but also that like subjective of just feeling a connection is huge. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's what's really unique about our profession as well. Mm -hmm. So we brought up already the um, Ethnic Diversity Advisory Committee, or EDAC. So do you mind just explaining what is EDAC or what is the goal of EDAC? Yeah, the, the goal is to address and identify um, the ethnically diverse population, not only in our, like, with our patients and who we're providing care to, but within the profession, um, it goes into a little bit with the goals of, you know, what are the, what's the focus? Um, the main one is advocacy. So we've, we're finding current trends in the society that we need to bring to attention. Um, and that's something that we can bring light to our patients. Like, Hey, what are you experiencing? What are you feeling? Is there something else going on? There's a lot of mental health coming up. So finding that connection with that, like what are the current trends that are affecting our, our communities, um, and, you know, social media has a big presence with that. So once they see a lot of it, it starts to become more relevant. And it, sometimes it can become heavy on the heart when they're going about their day. So, you know, that check-in is means everything when it, when it comes to that. 
um, highlighting the sensitivity about cultural diversity. Um, we need to keep that in mind. And then to cultivate uh, a cultural uh, competency within the profession. Um, and it's more or less just interacting with different ethnicities and understanding what are no, what are no's and what are yeses and just like, what's okay. And yeah, just, and we look at it like, well, that's common sense. Right. But we need to take a step back and like, why do those three things matter when it, when it, we, when we want to address, like, why are we advocating? Why do we need to bring sensitivity to cultural diversity? Why is cultural competence important? Because um, not only are we talking about just the umbrella of, of sports medicine, but we need to take a step back further, just like general, when you're looking at like hospitals and like things like that, it's like, we're a part of this huge healthcare system and EDAC is, is here for us and for us to interact with by joining, participating, being in that sense of community so that we can show that athletic trainers do have a voice and that um, we are leaders in healthcare. So I took a I took a big, big, big leap when it came to, uh, especially when I got to um, grad school, I took the uh, graduate graduate uh, representative position and that was, that meant a lot to me because I knew I was just like, okay, like this is my time to like, uh, create an impact. So yeah, just a, that was just a little bit about that. So yeah, the, the goals of EDAC mean a lot to me. They sit with me um, as I've made my journey uh, thus far in my career. So, yeah. You know, you said something about how you'd think some of these things are common sense. And, you know, honestly, I thought that too. And luckily, um, in my current position, I've had the opportunity to sit on a bunch of interview committees. And we always have a diversity question. Yeah. And it is very eye-opening and very surprising that so many people cannot address it, even though it is such a big topic. Mm-hmm. Or And not only can they not address it, but um, they don't take the care that they need to, I feel like, on this topic. Or they, they blatantly just say things that are just not okay and especially Mm -hmm. like in an interview setting when this is something that like you are obviously trying to impress yeah and it's just not it's just not there yeah Mm -hmm. it is so surprising yeah yeah being in a couple interviews myself i've had that i've had that question you know brought to light um i don't see it as like Oh, I need to jump over this hurdle to like impress. It's like what I've been going, what I've been experiencing through my career. It's just like, yes, here's the question. Like, I want to, sh- I want to share this aspect of my life, like into this interview, so that you know, like that I care. Um, but it's like something that I actively like think about. So, yeah, no, it, it really highlights that you know, like you said, it, you think it's common sense, but it goes back to the old saying: sometimes, uh. Uh, common sense isn't as common. Mm-hmm. So what are the uh, current initiatives that you've seen or maybe you've heard being worked on by EDAC? Yeah, um, several. 
I think the biggest thing you want to say when it comes to initiatives is like, what's the highlight of it? It's to advance diversity. So how is EDAC doing that? Um, there's a number of ways. Grant grant programs. So there's two segues that I kind of see it when I look at how they have broken it up. Um, for students, like conference, conference and, and attending events. So there are grants that are um, provided to students when they apply to iLead, to the NETA Student Leadership Committee um, events. Capitol Hill Day, that's the one that's like actually in DC. Um, and then there's the other side where it's like supporting certified athletic trainers and the educational institutions who want to um, maybe like do a research proposal or do a study on enhancing diversity. So that's like the grant aspect of it. Then there's the direct um, diversity scholarship, which are named after John A. Mays and, and um, David H. Perrin um, in, par in, uh, in partnership with the NATA Foundation. So those are by application based um, for ethnically diverse students. Uh, what else? There's so many. Uh, let's see. The service event. Service event is what I take near and dear. I was a part of uh, leading that when I was a graduate representative um, for the NATA uh, EDAC. Um, the service event is is a a gathering that um, athletic trainers go to the uh, community based on where NATA is being held at. So, oh, it, nice. uh, yeah, so EDAC, you know, understands what's, what, what city we're in, what are, what are current things that are going on, uh, can we address it, can we do, like, more of an educational lecture, are we more just getting involved with the, the community, community, with, like, a YMCA, there's so many different avenues we've taken uh, that we have options to do, so... There's even talks of this doing like multiple, if we can get multiple uh, within a day and just be at like a couple of locations. Oh, awesome. So, so yeah, those are, those are important there. The, the last one that I want to touch on is career day. Career day is like the highlight of exposures. So we bring like leaders to, to in a room and it's for, it's based for, based on students and you bring those certified athletic trainers that are coming from like the professional level who are retired, who are instructors, um, who are founding members of the EDAC um, before it's even called EDAC. So we bring them in and, you know, we, we try to bring that history and, and give it life um, and, and make them and give the students that, uh, that sense of, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for, but uh, being in the room during career day is like very eye-opening uh, it, it gives a sense of connection, I would say. Um, the, you know, there can be people in the room you never met, but at the end, you're like, wow, like you're meeting those people and it just feels like you've known them and that the things that they're saying, it's just like, wow, like I felt that. And yeah, it just means like a lot. So there's like a very personal, personal conversations going on in there from their, their own stories and experiences. Um, so yeah. 
I'm glad you brought up like the grants and stuff for like more programming and like research because I I've definitely noticed that at like NATA at FWADA and stuff that you do start to you're seeing more um, education um, programming geared towards you know cultural competence uh, microaggressions and just overall diversity within athletic training itself but also amongst our patients as well so it has been really cool to. Um, see that really start to be developed into these programs. Yeah. And, and when EDAC, when EDAC looks into these, when we're looking for speakers on the educational side, so there's EDAC's broken up into like the service event, um, social media, communications and education. So on the education side, we're looking for those presenters who are, you know, prime researchers in, in a certain topic microaggressions, uh, things like that, like you mentioned, Randy. And we want to highlight them so that it, they gain traction and the actual topic gains traction so that it becomes more of a common thing that we've heard in education as an athletic trainer or athletic training student so that um, it's very common to address it, you know, talk about it. It doesn't sound so foreign when you hear it from, you know, because those speakers get inter- um get uh, asked to hey come to my come to our district like we want to hear that talk we want to make sure our students are hearing that those who couldn't attend the nata conference or you know so district conference come to the other one so uh, that's what i i've noticed is that you know nata is kind of the starting point but you start to see those Mm -hmm. speakers start to trickle into the individual district conferences right and i think that um the more like you were saying like the more it's available the more that it's talked about the more that people are able to find information on it and the more that people are willing to to do some of that self-work and you know work on cultural competence yeah like stuff that they may not be 100 percent comfortable with or familiar with you know that takes that takes a lot to be able to identify that and be like yes i want to actively work on this Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you seen if like, um, because I know, you know, diversity is, you know, within the healthcare community has been a very big topic of late. So everyone's dealing with it together. You know, you got the MDs, PTs, OTs, right? Every, every organization, every profession is, you know, having to have a handle on this. Have you noticed if, um, EDAC also partners with some of these other, um, healthcare professions? Um, with my time being involved, I wouldn't say not like not directly. Okay. Um, I think we all take into account on, you know, those interactions that we have within, you know, the umbrella that we work with. Um, and social media is a presence too. So there's like a, a there's a medical student that I am, uh, have been looking at and he's bringing up health disparities and, how that affects the understanding of different ethnicities and how racism occurs in healthcare and stuff like that. And he's really bringing it to light. And and it, it, it touches me because it's just like, yeah, like I don't want, I don't want my patients to go through that. And like, mm-hmm. what if I'm that, what if I'm an athletic trainer, trainer referring them to the, that specialist and they come back to me like, Hey, this guy's like, wouldn't treat me right. Like based on, based on how I look or, you know, I didn't get treated right by the front office and like, I had a hard time like being comfortable there just like that. that, So, you know, I want to make sure that my people I'm 
sending my athletes to providers, healthcare, urgent cares. Like, not it's not that they have a good reputation. It's just like that, you know, they're actively engaging in the fact that this is someone who looks different than them, possibly. Yeah. So, since you've entered the profession, um, where have you seen improvements within the diversity of athletic training? I mentioned I was um, African American and Latino. Um, it's a very like touchy topic when it comes to um, EDAC because there's been this like misnomer about like oh EDAC is just for the blacks. Um, so communities have taken it in their own hands and created their own communities. And, mm-hmm. and EDAC has actually been in support of that has been like, they have reached out and then from the network that I know and that, I, and the people that I've interacted with, I've seen those individuals who have created those committees and in sense in the communities um, on social media. And they're now in EDAC, uh, native, awesome. native athletic trainers, um, the Latinx community. Um, so it gives me chills. It's just like, it's not like EDAC created it, but it's like, there was just this, there is a need that EDAC filled, but they didn't fill everything. Like this is just a start. So, you know, a group of individuals felt like, no, there's more detail that we can bring light to education, different dialects, language, history. So they know that where these individuals are coming from their households you know what stories and traditions they carry into their lives and how that may affect their presence in a in a room and and how they feel like they're being treated at a certain time they're bringing that to light um they're putting themselves out there and saying like we are you know we are these individuals this is how we stand this is what we represent and um i think it's just again a huge sense of connection even though it's different ethnicities there is one purpose and it's just to educate and advance diversity. And I think that is just like the ultimate goal. So I think that misnomer is fair, is like reducing. It's, we know that, you know, those communities are rising um, and making more of a presence. So yeah, it just, it really excites me on what other groups are flourishing. And I probably don't even know about certain groups that are um, doing just as well as the ones I know about. Um, and eventually I fight, will you know, do my research to interact with them. So. Yeah, absolutely. That is exciting to see. That's awesome. Yeah. We follow some of them. Um, I know native ATs we've had mm-hmm. a couple interactions with, and it's just yeah. really cool to see some of the, th- some of the things that they share and mm-hmm. some of their, uh, their stories. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I think it's action time. My favorite part. Yep. All right, go for it. So we have an action item um, for the athletic trainers listening, and I guess people who are just surround themselves in the athletic training com- community. Um, what can we do to promote diversity within the profession? Um, my main thing is is would be to seek edu- seek education and and understand perspective. Just because one person has a perspective on on diversity doesn't mean it's right. Um, this is a multifaceted term that is evolving, um, and yeah, like EDAC is 
is made themselves responsible, like to find these educators and find these speakers. But it's like, you got to put yourself in the seat. You got to be behind this computer at the conference. You got to gain that information and be there um, and really take it back and, you know, find that personal connection with the patient you may have had that you felt like you could have done better with. Um, Self-reflect on those situations, what, what I could have done better. Uh, take things into account, certain holidays like that, like, just keep that in mind when it comes to what are my patients like going through. So just educate yourself. There's a lot of, a lot of things I still don't know. Um, when I'm doing, I've just brought in a couple of uh, incoming athletes and I didn't know their background. So I just took, took the time to like do my own research. And then like I had a secondary follow-up appointment with them and I would just like ask them like, what are your experiences like growing up and stuff like that? And I'm just like, not, you know, scared to ask. So if you don't know, then ask. <laughs> so and, and, and have some sense of respect behind it and don't just be like very blatant about it. But yeah, find find that find that time to, to educate yourself is either through personal interaction, uh, structured education, social media from those um, individual groups. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. I, I definitely take to heart the uh, educating one, um, you know, for something as simple as like someone's name, like, you know, mm -hmm. if I have, you know, a student athlete with, you know, a name that's really tied towards our culture, um, I try to learn that name. And like mm -hmm. a lot of times, like I'll ask them, what do you prefer? And you can tell they're hesitant to answer that. Like they just kind of want the easier name or what people have always called them. And sometimes I'll say that like, oh, people just call me this. And I said, no, no, no. But what do you want to be called? And like I try to match like I try to say, you know, if you know, if their name has different emphasis, emphasis based on like accent, like I try to hit those. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, no, I, I really like that education piece. I, I feel like actually that actual. I have, sorry, Sandra. I had that actual conversation with a student of mine today. I was just like, oh, I'm unfamiliar with this name. Like, how do you prefer I say it? She's like, oh, yeah, it's this. And just like, oh, yes. I'm glad I took the time to, like, really learn how to pronounce her name. And so I just I can address her by her name. I feel like that's such a basic, like, thing that people might overlook. But it could totally change how someone feels about themselves. Yeah, I mean, that's who you are. You know? Right. That, that, I mean, that's your name. And I'm sure... You know, they've probably went through life, people just butchering their name and just right. like not maybe taking the time to actually like, here, let me try and like actually say your name correctly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, what I was going to say is um, I feel like I really liked your answer to that action item. I feel like it was so <laughs> um, concise, but also broad to the point that like there are little things that you can do, but also like yeah, you can go sit down, you can educate yourself, but you can also do do things that are bite-sized pieces. Like mm -hmm. you can use social media, you can learn someone's name, stuff like that. Yeah, I try yeah, to switch up my, my screen time, not just looking for funny TikToks or, <laughs> or things like that. Like I want to, you know, I take time to try to be more well-rounded with rehab and you know, that aspect of, you know, what is this community, you know, what are their, is there a certain holiday that they are 
mentioning that's coming up for the week or mm, certain ways to say a word in, in their native language or, you know, something, something like that. So um, but take into consideration. So I think when we brought this episode to light, I wasn't really sure where we were going to go with it, but I think that it really highlighted some really important topics um, that we can really delve further into. Oh, a hundred percent. I definitely like the aspect of what he talked about as far as like educating and, you know, learning about, you know, someone's background. You know, I, I definitely pride myself on being very empathetic. So I really like learning about, you know, someone's background or what they're going through right now, what they want to do in the future. I really like, I enjoy learning about that. So if you guys want to comment on this episode, you can on our fa- in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash AT Corner Podcast. We're also going to post a question of the week. Do you know what it is? Yes, it is. What does diversity mean to you? So we'll post those each week as well as uh, the episode thread. So if you guys want to shed some light on what you've experienced or if you just want to share some insight, share some comments, you can do so on our Facebook um, we also are pretty active on our Instagram account at AT Corner Podcast, where you can also submit stories for our story episodes. So if you guys are new, we do every other episode as education or stories. Uh, this was an education episode. Next week, we are going back to our stories where we st- share stories from real athletic trainers on certain topics. Yes. Randy, you got anything else to add? Nope, that was perfect. Thank you for helping us showcase athletic training behind the tape. Bye. Bye.